0: We are on Ksubis Nun Ches Ami 58B as we are beginning a new Mishnah. We need a bit of an introduction for this Mishnah. This Mishnah will be discussing uh, essentially what control or buyless ownership does the husband have over the earnings of his wife. And so we need to take a step back. We know that uh, the husband has an obligation to provide the Rambam lists ten different things that he has to give to his wife, that he has an obligation to, to provide to his wife. Seven of them are on a rabbinic level. The other, three of them are on a biblical level. The three on the biblical level are clothing, food, and he's responsible to provide sexual relations uh, with his wife. Now, the Gemara itself has a dispute with regards to providing food. Is that on a biblical level or is that on a rabbinic level? The Rambam, the Maimonides, does say that it's on a biblical level. But either way, to sort of counteract that, the fact that the, the, the husband is in charge of providing food, to bring food to, onto the table, uh, the rabbi said that when it comes to, let's say, she her earnings, let's say she's working, so if she's working, not that she has to work, but let's say she's working, so then there's a certain amount, not all of her earnings, but there's a certain amount, which we will get to in the coming weeks, there's a certain amount that then has to be given over to her husband because. The husband is really the one who's providing. If he's providing food and she's working anyways, and she could really, uh, uh, you know, provide for herself, so he would get very upset because uh, she's working. It's not going towards the general family uh, account, uh, and so therefore the rabbi is decreed they for her benefit. This is really all for her benefit, as we will see, for her benefit, so that she receives the sustenance, and we don't want the husband to get upset about it. So therefore, he receives. a a, a certain amount of her earnings, not all of her earnings, but we'll get to a a certain amount of her earnings. Um, In addition to that, uh, there's also, on a rabbinic level, the husband also, besides for giving her a certain amount of food, he also has to give her a certain amount every week, a certain amount of cash um, consistently. And in place of that, there's also the extra of how much she earns. Again, assuming that she earns extra, the certain amount of the extra that she earns is also given to the husband. There's sort of that... Um, there's a, sort of that rabbinic decree where he has to give her a certain amount um, and then if she's working and gets uh, goes above and beyond uh, the, the base amount so then she would have to give a certain amount of that to her husband again, uh, the first case is certainly for her benefit there's a big discussion whether the second case uh, the reason for that whole back and forth is for her benefit or not for her benefit either way, the husband does receive uh, the base value of her earnings um, there is a big question which we will see in the Gemara. The position of Ravuna, uh, in quoting the position of Rav, who says that since all of this is for her benefit, at least in the, the first uh, case, the case where uh, she uh, receives sustenance and then in place of that, her part, a, a, a part of her earnings is given to her husband. That's all for her benefit. So therefore, Rav is of the opinion that she could also back out of this and say, you know what? I don't want it. She it's it's all it's all on her. She could say either I want to accept this and this will be better for me, or she could say that you know what, I don't. Please don't feed me. I will just and I'm not giving you my earnings. Uh, I I plan on keeping it for myself. Um, and she could do that according to Rav because this is this whole institution was only created for her. Okay. One additional introduction is let's say the husband doesn't have money to uh, put food on the table. So then in that case everybody agrees. If if uh, we'll see this in the Gemara also. But everybody agrees that if he can't put food on the table and he can't provide for his wife uh, food, so then certainly she, he would not receive uh, even that, that that base amount of her earnings. Okay. So in the Mishnah, what we're discussing in the Mishnah is really how much ownership does the husband have over her earnings? Because he is supposed to receive it. Well, if he receives it, does he have the ability to be maktish? To be maktish means essentially that he will designate it for the base of Mishnah, for the temple. Could he now say... That whatever, however much she makes, I will now designate it for the base of dish, for the temple. Would that work or would that not work? So, says the Mishnah, When it comes to the base amount of her earnings, we say that no, he, can't, he doesn't have the ability, he, he could attempt to, but it won't work. She continues to eat from her, uh, from her from, uh, she can use the, the money that she makes uh, from working. Now, the Gemara will try to explain why. Why is it so? If at the end of the day, in a regular case, uh, her earnings do go to her husband, so then why can't he go ahead and be shit? Why can't he say that it should be designated for the temple? So we'll see exactly why in the Gemara. But the next case of the Mishnah makes it even more complicated. The next part of the Mishnah says, Mosar, when it comes to the extra amount, above and beyond that base amount of the earnings, if she makes even more than that, so then and the husband tries to Make that Kodesh, make that uh, designated for the temple. So that's a dispute. Rabbi Elchanath Sandler says that it is hektish. It does become designated for the temple. And Rabbi Sandlar says that no, uh, what he said is meaningless. Now, you have to know what exactly is the difference between the first case and the second case. We're both dealing with the earnings that the husband will, will receive. One's the base amount, and that he cannot uh, be maktish, he can't uh, set it aside for the temple. Uh, But when it comes to the extra amount, that's a dispute. That's a matter of dispute. Now, what exactly is going on here? What's the case? Uh, Are the two cases exactly parallel? We're going to see that it's probably not exactly parallel. Um, And we'll have to explain first what's happening in the first case. And then, most probably in the next uh, class, we'll discuss what's happening in the second case of this Mishnah. So again, the first case of the Mishnah is essentially where the husband is trying to designate uh, the base amount of her earnings towards the temple. And we say it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? So that's what the Gemara gets into right away. Amr of Hunamarav. Rav says, Rav says, what we mentioned earlier, that since all this is to benefit her, to benefit the wife, so she could say, you know what? I don't want my husband to provide food for me, and he's not getting my earnings, the base amount, which we'll discuss in coming weeks, whatever that base amount is, he won't get that. Why? because when the rabbis instituted this they said that this is really to her benefit so that she receives food and therefore the earnings that go to the husband is really just so that he doesn't get very upset about this and doesn't uh, end up uh, not feeding her it's her right it's her right to say that you know what I don't want this deal I want to keep my earnings and my husband does not have to support me so the Gemara will bring a question on this And then the Gemara will bring a proof from our Mishnah. So it says the Gemara, We have the following question. It sounds like it's the opposite. From the brisa, from the time period of the Mishnah, it sounds like the opposite. It sounds like the main takana, the main decree, was about the fact that her earnings go to her husband. And in place of that, uh, to sort of uh, appease the wife, we then said that the husband has to provide food. So it sounds like it's the opposite. The Gemara says, no, no, we have to change around the words. The, t- the truth is, is that it's really all for her. It's really that the husband has an obligation to provide for her, to give her food, and then in place of that, to make sure that the husband doesn't get upset, uh, that uh, she whatever she makes is going into a different bank account, we say that, no, they have a shared family bank account, um, and that it goes to, that if she makes a certain amount, at least the base amount, so then it goes to him. Okay, so that answers that question. The Gemara now says, "Let us bring a proof from our Mishnah, from the beginning of our Mishnah." Why? The beginning of the Mishnah says that the husband tries to designate her earnings to the temple, to the base of mikdash. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? He receives her earnings. My lobby in his own. Aren't we talking about a case here where the husband, in fact? Uh, could provide food for her, but, but for some reason he doesn't receive the earnings, her earnings. Why not? Because she could say, I'm not interested. I don't want this deal. Keep your money and I'll keep my money. I don't want you to provide food for me and you're not receiving my earnings. So that seems to be the beginning of the Mishnah. This proves, asks the Gemara, this doesn't this prove, uh, Rav, to say that she could back out. She doesn't have to agree to this deal. So the Gemara answers no. No, that's not the case of the Mishnah. No, perhaps. This is a rejection. It's not a proof, but it's a rejection. No, we cannot prove Rav from the Mishnah. Why? Maybe the case of the Mishnah is not where she's saying, I don't want this deal. Maybe the case of the Mishnah is talking about a case where the husband cannot provide. He doesn't have the means to provide and give food. Once he doesn't have the means to provide and give food, so then certainly everybody's in agreement that uh, her earnings don't go to the husband, that everybody agrees to. And therefore, he cannot... ...designate it to the temple because he doesn't receive it. Mar wants to know, well, I understand if we said like the first way, like Rav, the point of the mission is really to t- teach you this idea that she could back out of this whole deal. Even if the husband could provide, she could back out of the whole deal. The whole deal is for her. She could back out, back out if she wants to. And therefore the husband cannot designate it for the temple. But if he cannot provide, and that's why he doesn't receive her earnings, and that's why he cannot designate it to the temple... That's obvious. Why do I need the mission to tell that to me? It says like, This is something which is obvious. Even if it comes to a non-Jewish slave, the master could say, work for me and I don't have to feed you. Now, just to point out, even though he's not feeding the the non-Jewish slave, uh, it's it's an obligation upon the community. The community has to feed the, the slave, even though the master... It's a dispute: Is the master allowed to say this or not? Could the master say "Work for me, and I don't have to feed you"? There's certainly opinions that say that he does have to feed him, and there are other opinions that say that he doesn't. But the community still has to feed him. But let's say he said, let's say we're according to the opinion who says that he doesn't have to feed him. That's only with regard to a non-Jewish slave. that's only true for a non-Jewish slave. But when it comes to somebody who's part of your nation, you're a Jewish slave. So then, certainly, he cannot say "Work for me" and. Uh, and uh, I won't feed you. He's not allowed to do that. And all the more so when it comes to a person's wife. When it comes to a person's wife, he can never say, work for me, and I don't have to feed you. No. The only time her earnings go to her husband is if he's actually uh, also supporting her and providing with food. So if that's the case, essentially just to the bigger picture here, the gemara is asking, I understand if the Mishnah, the point of the Mishnah is to teach you the idea of Rav that she could back out of the deal. But if the purpose of the Mishnah is to tell you that if he doesn't have the means to provide for the food, so then he certainly does not receive her earnings, that's obvious. Why would the Mishnah teach that to me? My so answer is no. According to this approach, we don't need the Mishnah for the beginning. It's really needed for the second statement of the Mishnah. Safe It's Mosar. Remero hectors real we need it for the second half of the mission, which we will, probably won't get to today, but we need it for the second half of the mission to tell you that when it comes to the extra amount, above and beyond the base amount, so that's a matter of dispute. That's subject to dispute whether or not uh, the husband has the, has the ability to designate it for the temple. Okay, that is all the opinion of Rav. Essentially, we wanted to quote the opinion of Rav, who says she has the ability to back out. The Gemara asked the question on it. The Gemara answered that question. And the Gemara wanted to bring a proof to that idea from a Mishnah, and the Gemara rejects it. It rejects the proof. It doesn't reject the idea, but it rejects the proof. So now that's all the position of Rav. The Gemara now says, Rish Lakish argues on this position of Rav. How does he argue on the position of Rav? So there's different ways to, to say this, uh, but some of the earlier commentators want to explain that he agrees. Rish Lakish really agrees to Rav that it's all for her benefit. The whole purpose of giving her food and that he receives her earnings, it's really for her benefit. It's to help her out. But once we made this decree, says Reish Lakish, she does not have, against Ravuna and, and against Rav, she does not have the ability to uh, back out of this. We instituted this for her, but once we instituted it, we don't allow her, we don't allow on a, on a, on a very subjective level to say, oh, this works for me. Uh, and the next person says, no, this decree doesn't work for me. No, according to Reish Lakish, everybody has to agree to this decree. Everybody agrees to this. And so, therefore, she doesn't have the right to back out. Please, Rish Lakish, the Amari Rish Lakish, Lo Tema Tam D'Ramayr Bishim Degasavadim Maktesh Davish Lo Balalam El Tam D'Ramayr B'Toch Shiachal L'Kofel Ma'aseh Adah Nasakomar La'ikachu Yedechal Losayem. Essentially, Rish Lakish is saying, in the name of a mayor, that don't tell me the reason for a mayor that Hekdish works. Why could the could the husband? Designated for the temple. It's not because he could designate something which doesn't exist or doesn't belong to him yet. No, that's not the reason why. Rather, the reason for a mayor is that since the husband can force her to give her her earnings, she does not have the ability to back out. So therefore, the husband could also say that her hands, meaning anything she makes, her hands which receive the money, anything she makes will be designated for Hashem and for the temple. He has the ability to do that because she cannot back out. She can't back out, according to Reish Lakish. That is a big difference between Rav and Rish Lakish. Rav says she could, in fact, back out. Um, and uh, Reish Lakish says with Inner Mayor that she cannot back out. She can't back out. Um, and therefore, it remains, uh, uh, it remains in the husband's. Uh, z- he, he, the husband gets it. He, he receives the, her earnings. And therefore, he can make it hectic. He can make it uh, designated for the temple. Um, and the point of this is just to say that Rachel Lakish argues on Rob. We have this big dispute. Could she back out of it or could she not back out of it? Rob says it's for a benefit, she could back out. Rachel Lakish says, even though it's for a benefit potentially, but she still cannot back out. She can't back out. Once we made the decree, she has to keep to it. The Gemara now asks a, a side question. The Gemara said that, according to Rachel Lakish, the logic behind this is not because Romero holds that a person could designate something for the temple without it being around, right? Her earnings are not around yet. That's not the logic behind Ramirez. The problem is, but Ramirez does use this logic elsewhere. The Gemara says, Time it to Mishin Sorry. <laughs> says the Gemara just one step before we were getting at, but uh, he, the husband never said that he's designated designating her hands as kadosh. That's not what he said. All he said was that it should belong to the temple, but it belonged to the Bismidus, but he never said that the hands itself. The answer is, is that we could reinterpret his words because we don't want it to be a wasteful line, a wasteful uh, designation. So therefore we reinterpret the words to mean that he's designating his wife's hands for whatever she makes should go to Hecdish. Okay. But now we return back to what we were originally saying. Well um is it really true? Uh, Rishakim was saying, don't say that Rameir holds that a person can't designate, or don't say that person could designate uh, something to, to the temple without uh, them having it yet. No, it's not true. But Rameir does say that. The question the word is, Rameir says um, that you could, in fact, designate something for the temple even though it's not yours yet. <laughs> Romero says in the following cases, which has to do with designation, specifically in the context of marriage, to have the kiddush in that first stage of marriage, of the engagement. If he tells somebody that uh, I want to marry you after, he says, after I convert to Judaism, or after you convert to Judaism, or after I'm freed as a non-Jewish slave, or after you're freed as a non-Jewish slave to his wife, or after your sister dies, because I'm married to your sister. If I'm married to your sister, I can't marry you. Um, basically, all these different uh, situations where it's, there's no ability right now for him to get married, because he's not Jewish. So he says, I'm marrying you on the condition. It will happen when I convert. But it's something which is in the future. So it's not happening right now. But Romero says, it works. It's a good condition. Once, once he converts, once he's freed as a non-Jewish slave and he becomes fully Jewish, it works. In the end of the day, it works. And they are halakhically engaged. It does work. So, don't we see from Mayor that a person can at least set it in motion? That uh, if he designates something, so then even though he doesn't have the ability, it's not in his control to designate it now, but he could designate it in the future. We see that he could. So, answers the Gemara, Meahi he in Mea leka l'mashmimah. Yes, it's true. Rav mayor does hold that you could designate something either in a marriage uh, or in the context of bringing something to the temple. They could do. They could do that even if it's not with them right now, and it's not in their control right now. But the point of Rishwati is to say, ignore that factor. Even if you were to ignore that factor, um, still, it belongs to Hectish, it belongs to the temple, um, because since all of her earnings go to her husband, so therefore he has the ability to um, to designate it as for the temple, because it will for sure go to him. Um, and so therefore he has, he has the ability to do that and we'll even reinterpret his words to say that her hands are kadosh her hands are designated for the temple okay either way we'll, we'll stop uh, here by the two dots but essentially what we discussed today was does, we know that the takana, the decree was really for her um, for her benefits to receive food in place of let's say if she were to work, not that she has to work if she were to work it goes to her husband um, and we saw that that was the position of Rav Rav says that she could back out of that if she wants Rishulki says no she cannot back out of it uh, she can't back out of it. Um, and then the Gemara asks, well, then, what's the Chiddush, what's the, the, the new idea in the Mishnah? The Gemara uh, discussed that as well. Okay. Uh, that concludes this part of the Gemara, and we'll continue at the very bottom of Nalchazen Bayes 58b in the next class.